0: and rest whether you're a busy professional a stay-at-home parent or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life this show is for you join us as we discover how to live exceptionally finding freedom and rest along the way now let's get into this week's episode of live exceptionally with dr yvonne thompson
1: come back to live exceptionally where we equip people with keys and tools to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is purposeful, focus, and balanced. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. And stay connected with us at elisi.org to receive your free 30-day e-devotional. Good morning, Dr. Bruce. Uh, so good to have you with us uh, this morning. Good morning. And so before we get started, uh, would you like to just uh, briefly share a bit about your background and your uh, business and ministry?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. Uh, I know we collaborated uh, together some time ago. So I was really excited when I heard from you and received the invitation. So uh, I am a licensed clinical social worker in uh, the state of Maryland. Uh, but also licensed in Virginia and Washington, D.C. Uh, I am the owner and founder of my group practice, Hope For You. Essentially, we provide uh, mental health counseling, uh, but we are really proud ourselves with trying to provide a more holistic approach beyond the counseling. Uh, so we offer three uh, important uh, components. Uh, so one is the counseling, you can receive that virtually or uh, in person in the office here. Secondly, uh, we provide um, uh, clinical trainings and uh, consultations to other mental practices. And then thirdly, we provide and host uh, master level students uh, working on their uh, master of social Work or counseling degrees. Uh, been in practice for over 20 years now. Um, I just did the map so, Really excited to be here at Share.
1: Thank you. It's good for you to be here as well. And today we're talking about how uh, sleep impacts or how stress impacts our sleep habits. And that was the collaboration that we did some time ago in regards to a seminar where we were talking about anxiety and stress and the importance of resting well and the things that can impact us from not resting well. Um, so I'll just jump right in and ask you, how do we know if we, whether or not we are stressed?
2: Yeah, I think that's where it starts is recognizing our signs and symptoms of when our body is trying to communicate that something is up, right? So it may start with a headache, it may start with feeling tired or fatigued, um, it may be a stomach ache, it may be worry thoughts or constant thoughts that we're worrying about something, we can't turn those thoughts off. Uh, but essentially it starts with getting in tune with your body. right? Because your body will tell you oftentimes that, hey, we're not well, uh, and we might be going well.
1: Can you tell us how does stress actually impact our ability uh, to sleep? How does it cause sleep problems?
2: Yeah. so. I think from a clinical perspective, what we try to share with our clients is that uh, we activate what's called our stress response systems, a uh, system rather, uh, the fight or flight, uh, a portion of our nervous system. And by doing that, uh, it keeps us on constant alert right, uh, for danger, for fear, uh, for things that are uh, impacting our ability to cope in the present moment. Uh, and so when we try to sleep, uh, we're unable to because we're constantly activated, right? We're on that high alert and constant guard. Um, and it makes it extremely difficult to get in a relaxed state, let alone get some sleep that is uh, restful.
1: Would you say that there is a difference between uh, insomnia and like sleep disorders? Can you explain the the difference and how do we know if there is just some things that maybe we're struggling with from a, like from stress or anxiety that's impacting us temporarily or where there's actual uh, medical problems. Can you dig in a little bit more about the differences and the medical uh, implications? Sure.
2: So first of all, uh, insomnia and sleep disorder often are used interchangeably. uh, so insomnia is a sleep disorder right and there are several other sleep disorders like sleep dis-act, uh, sleep apnea uh, uh, nightmare disorder uh there's several other disorders that fall into the sleep disorder category but insomnia is a very common one right and that's essentially um uh, where we can't uh fall asleep you know, stay asleep uh our ability to get restful sleep is impacted and so, you know, we encourage our clients um, to uh, have physicals, uh, they're not sleeping, let's start at the basics, let's rule out if anything is going on medically, right, that might be contributing to your inability to sleep. Um, but oftentimes we find that uh, if there is a coexisting medical issue, then the psychiatric uh, piece uh, also influences that person's ability to uh, get some good quality sleep as well.
1: As it relates to like your uh, clients and the people that you work with, do you have any uh, examples or stories that you could tell of how sleep, I mean, without uh, infringing upon any type of confidentiality, but any type of like testimonials in regards to people who came to you with an issue and how you were able to walk through that process uh, where it was maybe a non-medical situation and where it was something that they were experiencing personally like stress and anxiety and how you were able to walk through the process of for them to uh, for lack of a word be better word uh, be well uh, from a sleep perspective
2: Yeah yeah. So I can think of one client, uh, as a gentleman, um, middle-aged gentleman that, uh, had, was going through a separation and ultimately a divorce, and he was extremely overwhelmed. Uh, you know, prior to the separation and divorce, he had shared that, um, his sleep was, was pretty high quality. Uh, he felt rested when he woke up in the mornings to prepare for work, but, immediately following the separation, and then I think, I think the divorce happened maybe a couple of years later. Uh, all throughout that process, uh, he was probably getting maybe two hours of sleep on average, uh, and extremely tired, extremely uh, difficult for him to function and manage the following day. Uh, and so in our sessions, we recognize what his triggers are, uh, that would activate, again, uh, those stress responses uh, to where he would have these worry thoughts. Uh, we went through some activities to restructure how he was uh, uh, thinking of those worry thoughts that was influencing uh, the way that it it impacted uh, his stress in the moment. Uh, I guided him through some uh, relaxation techniques In therapy. Um, And if I could just put a plug here about relaxation techniques, they are very useful, but they're not very useful when we're activated, right? So the key there to relaxation and calming techniques is to implement them into our daily lives. It has to be uh, a natural part of our daily routine, right? Now, when we're in crisis, because what that does is it uh, trains our brain that this dangerous situation; it was right about it, right. And we really want the brain to feel safe in those moments, right? Um, so, coupling with the cognitive, what we call cognitive restructuring, as well as uh, relaxation techniques, and then there was a third thing that we did, not to a great extent, uh, but this did seem to be po- uh, po- helpful. So, for example, when he would drop his uh, a child off at the mom's house that he left, uh, that was very triggering for him, right? Br- brought back all these memories. And so we did uh, some uh, exposure therapy uh, where he would uh, just drive very slowly, pull over to the road, practice his relaxation techniques, and then drive slowly until he got to the destination to drop his child. And so that combination seemed to be very helpful for him. Uh, He was able to complete his sessions. um, uh, So I'm not sure where he is today, but ultimately his sleep didn't improve, right? Uh, He never quite got back when we discharged to, I think, the full extent of hours he was sleeping, but he did report that the quality of the sleep.
1: So you talked about uh, relaxation techniques and exposure therapy. Uh, These were specific to his circumstances as far as what he was going through. Would you say that the treatment that you normally offer is tweaked or customized based on the particular circumstance that most of the people you see?
2: Yes, uh, our approach is always individualized. However, it's typically rooted in um, very common clima- clinical orientations. So, uh, myself and several other clinicians in the practice are trained in what's called cognitive behavioral <laughs> therapy insomnia. Uh, that is an evidence-based uh, model that has been proven to be very helpful uh, for individuals that struggle with sleep issues such as insomnia. Uh, and then cognitive behavioral therapy just by itself is all, always helpful uh, as well.
1: Right, so in, for a lot of people who may not necessarily go to a licensed social worker uh, where they're feeling that they actually need to see someone, most often I'm thinking people would go to a social worker or seek outside help when it becomes A chronic type of problem. Like in his instance, there was a repetitive pattern where he was only getting two hours of sleep for uh, a long period of time. But uh, the average person who is suffering suffering from sleep intermittently uh, because of just life challenges, life circumstances, what would you suggest as some strategies for people to to manage stress?
2: Well, again, you got to be aware of what some of those triggers are. If you're right. struggling and you're not in therapy just yet, maybe just start with um, as simple as one or two strategies, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, symptoms that are triggering your stress. It may be a situation. It may be a person. It may even be a scent. It, whatever it is, right? Start there. Maybe you can always add to that list so that you have uh, as robust uh, a list of triggers uh that you can be mindful of uh next we want to make sure that uh we uh, uh, uh develop a routine that will allow us to throughout our day to remain present to remain grounded and ultimately to feel safe uh oftentimes people who are experiencing stress there's some anxiety uh not far behind, and perhaps even some trauma that they're trying to cope and recover from. Uh so it's developing a routine throughout your day, starting with eating, tending to your hygiene. That's your basic needs that that you're going to need to get a get your day started off uh and make it through the day uh safely. Taking time for yourself, I know that uh it can be difficult. Uh, but even if it's just a small doses, in increments, right? Uh, so, for example, yesterday was really stressful for me. I had back-to-back-to-back to back to back sessions. I was in here from 6.45 to 6 o'clock last night. Uh, and so I just felt really overwhelmed about 2 o'clock. I went for a break across the street, got some popcorn. I don't necessarily advise that uh, for a stress relief. <laughs> But that was my activity in the moment. It was exactly what I needed. The fresh air, the sunlight, uh, even the walk uh, was just what I needed to uh, kind of refresh or refuel fuel to return to my day. Right. Um, if you find that whatever your, your stress uh, management techniques or strategies are, aren't helpful, then I would advise uh, reaching out. Uh, to a therapist uh, that can walk you through some more um, uh, best practice uh, strategies or even evidence-based strategies uh, to your that are unique to your situation.
1: And I think that when you talk about not just uh, recognizing the triggers, but simple things that we could do to overcome, and even something as simple as getting out of your environment, in your case going for a quick walk, being out in fresh air, that just those little stimulators can go a long way with helping us to not feel stressed. And then when we go back in the environment, or we have to go back and face the situation that we can feel refreshed, we can also have uh, almost like a mini reset to approach whatever, whatever it is that we're facing from a different perspective. And it, like it's almost like an immediate reduction uh, of stress and then yeah. the cycle continues we'll continue in that situation with full of stress uh, but the importance of really just trying to to get away and and to manage that
2: absolutely yes yeah stress is like a weight you know it starts out typically very light but even with light weights the more we hold it the heavier it becomes and so we gotta recognize when it starts getting heavy, that's a signal to say, okay, do I need a break? Do I need to do something at this point so that I can continue to manage this lightweight?
1: That's good. What would you suggest as strategies for managing sleep issues? So this is these are the people who don't seek out help from a medical professional initially, and so just people who generally are having sleep issues, what are some strategies that you would suggest around managing issues around sleep,
2: sleeplessness? Um, One, this may seem very um, obvious, but making sure that we have a routine that's consistent, meaning we should go to bed at the same time and wake at the same time, or try to go to bed go to sleep. right? Um, So when I say go to bed, I mean actually going to sleep. Which brings me to my next point. Make sure that your bedroom uh, is as relaxing and conducive to sleep as possible. So the temperature, uh, typically you want a more cooler temperature for most people, but not for all. Um, The point is to find a temperature that allows you to feel restful and not to fall asleep. Uh, we want to make sure that the light, uh, is controlled now. Some people, you know, may find a light, uh, whether it's light, uh, dim or not, uh, necessary. Uh, but typically, uh, a, a dark environment, uh, will make a very, or a very conducive, uh, sleep environment. And then your bed, you want to make sure that that is only used for sleep or intimacy, right? You don't want to use your bed for relaxation. You don't want to use your bed for watching TV. You don't want to use your bed for other things other than sleep or intimacy. This does is train the body that, Hey, we need to multitask in this bed, right? Our bodies are such a unique specimen. And so we got to recognize that, you know, it could be as simple as well. All right. Well, I'm gonna watch TV. Maybe you're on the the left seat in the other room. Or another part of the bedroom, but not in the bed. Right.
1: I think that that is a huge paradigm uh, shift for a lot of people because I know many people who sleep with the TV on or sleep uh, falling asleep. Or they fall asleep watching TV. Like I don't have a TV in my room. I've never really had a TV in my room other than like when I was in uh, school. Uh, but I find that it is a common habit that a lot of people watch TV uh in their bed or fall asleep with the, the TV on. And even from a medical perspective, that they will tell you that the light from the TV or even the light from a cell phone impacts our ability to one, fall asleep and then also to sleep well.
2: Yes. Yep. Yep. It's activating parts of our brain, right? That we may or may not be aware of and that could be contributing to why we're not able to fall asleep and then when we
1: say that we're tired the next day or we say that we didn't sleep well not realizing that we have these stimulators in the bedroom that are impacting the our actual sleep uh but then i think some people even with that knowledge it's like just a habit a hard habit to 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 break um because and even i've heard people i even talk about this in my book as far as not, um, going to bed with the, with your cell phone and Mm -hmm. cutting off the Mm -hmm. cell phone, which this is something I'm still guilty of. And I find very difficult (laughs) sometimes to, to break, uh, to stop looking at the cell phone at least an hour before I go to go to sleep.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah any tips or tricks of how people can break these habits?
2: Well, well, I would suggest leading with compassion, because to your point, this can be really difficult. We have these established patterns that it's not as easy to just say, oh yeah, I know that this there's a benefit to this, let me do what
0: will be beneficial,
2: right? So have compassion, be patient, uh, be understanding, be forgiving, right? But have a plan, right? And then start a small doses. Don't try to just set out to make these immediate overwhelming changes. Right? Again, our body, that might be too much for our body at one time. Okay. Right? We've been going however old we are that many years with this pattern. Right. So start small uh, and be compassionate.
1: How many hours of sleep would you say that we we need to have?
2: Wow, if I can answer this question, you know, I probably would be a very rich man. But <laughs> you know, the research has suggested uh, for adults typically seven hours or more, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I think there are some caveats to that, just based on both my personal and professional experience, uh, coupled with my understanding of the research around the number of hours. Um, And so what I have found is that uh, it is contingent on just what your day uh, looks like. So for example, we're talking about stress, right? If you have a stress-induced day or routine uh, on a consistent basis, then you're probably going to be leaning towards that seven Mm -hmm. hours or more um, rate. Uh, however, I just went on a vacation. My wife and I, you know, had a really nice time for our anniversary. Uh, I was able to manage with less sleep because right. we were literally relaxate, relaxing all day, right. just literally sitting. You know, we had you know minimum we of eating, moving from one location to another, but we weren't active, right. so it didn't require a lot of sleep. Uh, so it really is just contingent on what your day looks like. Stress levels may be. Um, the older we get, you know, uh, we will need, um, and should get, uh, more hours of sleep to ensure that uh, it's a, a quality of day, the following day is as high as possible.
1: What would you like to share as your uh, closing thoughts?
2: Uh, well, thank you. I think this is such a, an important topic to talk about and to share experiences, um, you know, I think the things that we've talked about, give them some thought. Um, if you're struggling with sleep, uh, try to lead with a routine. I can't emphasize enough though, um, to practice compassion towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Most people in my experience are good at being compassionate to others but when it comes to being compassionate towards ourselves or learning and implementing new things, we kind of struggle with that. So, you know, maybe starting there, uh, with some compassion and then take one of these techniques and try it out. Right. Very small doses. Uh, see what worked, what doesn't work. Maybe try another one. If you find some usefulness, continue to do it. Right. Uh, if you feel like, you know what, that just did not work, that's fine. There's several other strategies to consider and to try.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Bruce Tisdale. Uh, thank you so much for being the yeah. guest on the podcast.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Those were some great tips around managing stress and managing sleep. Don't forget this week as you're going throughout the week and if you feel a little bit overwhelmed, just to take a quick break, reset yourself, go outside, get some fresh air. That's all the time that we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on your preferred podcast platform or on YouTube. And stay connected with us at elisi.org. Have an exceptional week.
0: Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I.org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.